guys it's lavetta hey it's miriam (laughs) and this is the notorious women podcast a comedy podcast about some of history's most notorious women yes you did it (laughs) i did it man it has been rough rough you know listen words out of mouth good now you know we did we can we can yes yes Mm -hmm. we can because we can yes we can si se puede yeah. Si se puede. Si se puede. I, I don't yes. think I'm allowed to say that, but I love, listen, I've memorized in the Heights. So I feel, you know, and I lived in Washington Heights at one point. So I feel very connected to the culture, but my husband tells me that I should stop saying that out loud. Um, that's fair. <laughs> well, no, it's like, um, it's, well, it's, it's, it was originally, uh, the slogan for the, um, the migrant workers in California. Yes. So, and Obama, you know, popularized it recently, most in most people's recent memory. But you know, let's we are all about giving honor to the OGs. So, yeah, and that and was like, in Spanish, and, and that was in Spanish, which is something that I'm not very good at. But you know, I'm trying. Si se puede, yep. I'm trying. Yes. and like these are these are people I support. Yep, and always. I, oh, you know, I mean, speaking of unions, it's all about unionizing, giving people uh, workers. Right for a fair wage, you know, for all the hard work. So, I mean, uh, honestly, without that, right, we got nothing. I mean, yeah, these people who are criticizing, you know, um, the actors and the writers don't quite understand what's going on, and I get it because they feel they they think we're all Brad Pitt. (laughs) (laughs) And if and if we were, like, honestly, we wouldn't be striking. (laughs) No, exactly. Because we we'd have our fair share. Yeah. You know, like, but I mean, that that's the, the reality of the, the people who make who make it happen in the business, like the people on the ground. Basically, those people are not super crazy rich. They, you know, they, and they've been pushed back and pushed back because streaming has done that. I could go on. I won't go on. But, no. it, you know. You're right. I mean, and just so, yeah, we won't go on. But what we will do is get started. Yeah, let's uh, do that. And I think this week you are first. I think you're um, right. Yeah. So who do you have for our notorious women? And and forgive the noise in the background. I am with family and my yes. I'm at my grandparents' house and grandparents are do what what they do the hell what they want to do. You can say, Could you guys please keep it down? And they're like children and they will forget two minutes later and just talk to the height. I'm going to tell you when they're asking each other. Yeah. When, uh, when I'm a grandma, I'm going to do what I want to. So I just, I gotta, I've got to be on your grandma's side for this. Okay. Well, and I come from a loud family. Like, so they (laughs) yell even when they're just having regular conversation. So listen, I was listening to a podcast and was like, hi, I come from a loud family, a loud Jewish family, but my boyfriend (laughs) comes from like more of like a wasp family. And I was like, oh my God, my husband and I should listen to this podcast. I could have written this letter, but I wasn't apologizing for the situation. (laughs) It was just like, (laughs) you love me, you love me loud. Okay. (laughs) So I apologize though, guys. Like, hold on, uh, hold on for just a moment. Of course, when I have a a moment to be like, 
could you guys keep it down again? Then they're not. But then like, yeah, because right? he's he's ba- my grandpa is basically like getting her something to eat, but it turns into like a loud exchange, <laughs> even though they're in yes, the same room. But, this is my family too. We have the same family. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, bless the loud family. So, um, but <laughs> <laughs> who's your notorious woman this week? My notorious woman this week is bum 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 Simone Biles. Oh. Now, I did not see that coming. Okay, so we just watched the Oh my god, I should know more about this. The American the the thing that was on ESPN and she like killed it and like now my whole family is okay. My husband is a little bit like okay, can can we watch a little like less of this? But my kids and I are like watching like seven hours of gymnastics and we watched the whole, we were like waiting for them to stand on the podiums, you know? Oh, I'm so excited. I have, I really don't know anything about Simone Biles. So I'm very, very excited. So tell me, tell me, tell me. So here's the thing. I could spend 17 hours talking about every single medal and every like competition she has joined. I'm not really going to talk about that very much. Um, I just like want to talk about like where she came from and like, uh, how she, I, I'm going to talk about the outside of that. Cause we know she's Simone Biles. We've yeah. seen her on the Wheaties box, the well-deserved <laughs> yes. placement on the yes. Wheaties box. Um, tell me more. Tell me more. So she was born March 14th, 1997 in Columbus, Ohio. And she was the third of four siblings. Her birth mother, Shannon Biles, was unable to care for her and her other children. So all four of them went in and out of foster care. So, Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, poor baby. Um, so in the year 2000, so when she was about three, her maternal grandfather, Ron Biles, and his second wife, Nellie Cayetano Biles, began carry, caring for her... Um, temporarily in uh and i think they cared for all four children at first because i think they found out that the kids were in foster care and they said well we'll we'll take them uh and this was in spring texas which is like a north houston suburb um good grandparents i know right they they did what they needed to do that's that's really amazing um exactly And in 2003, they formally adopted Simone and her younger sister, Adria. And then Ron has a sister, Harriet, and she adopted the two older kids. So all the kids were taken care of and, and like with family, which I think is, and like officially adopted. I think it's beautiful. Love that. Um, And so her... Simone's mom, like her adoptive mom, is uh, from Belize. And so Simone also holds a Belize citizenship. And she considers Belize to be her second home. Whoop, whoop, Belize. Uh, My college boyfriend was from Belize. Okay, why did you break up with him? We could be going to visit his family right now. I know, I mean. Okay. (laughs) That's true, I mean. Lavetta, like, okay, if you're out there, call her. Okay. (laughs) And ever since that, I'm like, I need to get to Belize because it sounds beautiful and it, yes. it it's amazing. And so, I, and not I only have, was he Belizean, he was also yeah. Garifuna, but that's a whole nother thing. That's a ethnic Belizean uh, population. So uh, I don't know on. anything about that. 
Um, but yeah. cool. I'm so um, sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead, darling. It's fine. Let's all jump in that ocean. Anyways. Um, so, okay. So when she was six years old, why did she find gymnastics? When she was six years old, she went to a daycare field trip to a gymnastics studio, which I never, that's a cool daycare. Um, and the instructor saw her at six and suggested that she continue with gymnastics. So what she says is, I quote, I went to Bannon's on a daycare field trip. While there, I imitated the other gymnasts. And Coach Ronnie noticed. The gym sent home a letter requesting that I join tumbling or gymnastics. So this is Bannon's gymnastics. She stayed there for 11 years. Um, and then she began training with Coach Amay Borman when she was eight years old. Now, wow. I just want to be clear that when I was six years old and started gymnastics, um, no one ever said, you need a coach. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they said, go line up with the other kids and do this thing and then go home later. And that was fine. But <laughs> basically like, that's cute. <laughs> Good job. You like to flip. Well done. I mean, like she had a coach when she was eight, like. She's just born for this. So she started her elite career when she was 14 years old. Um, July 1st, 2011, at the 2011 American Classic in Houston, she placed third all around, first on vault and balance beam, fourth on floor exercise, and eighth on uneven bars. So when she, okay, so in 2012, right, she's 15, she decided to, uh, leave public school and homeschool. So this allowed her to increase her training from 20 hours a week to 32 hours a week, which is just like fascinating because wow. like 32 hours a week, you're doing gymnastics. Um, and she graduated mid to 2015 uh, from high school. Uh, in 2013, she had surgery for bone spurs. Okay, so this is what I read. Like, she doesn't stop. She had surgery for bone spurs in her right tibia bone. She was sidelined for three weeks. Now, I've had surgery. I was not back on the gym floor in three weeks. No. But you also weren't 18, were you? <laughs> That's a fact. No, I was not. No. But also was... a highly, like, conditioned yeah. Athlete, right. professional athlete too. Well, it's funny because I, I like, you know, I teach Pilates and I notice body, body design, like whatever your body is doing, I notice it, if that makes sense. So if you're hyper mobile or you're, you've got a, like a, a, a rounded spine or whatever, or hip is hike, I tend to like see, I see everything, um, which is really annoying to be honest with you, but it's, it's fine. And so I, my kids have taken in, cause I'll just comment. I don't even realize it. And my kid goes, they're hyperextended. And I went, they're fine. I'm like, these people Aww. are so strong. It's like, yeah, they can do whatever they want because their muscles are so strong and so supportive. Um, so October of 2013 is when she rose to fame. So, okay. So she had surgery for bone spurs and then became one of the most famous gymnasts in all time. So in 2013, the World Artistic Gymnastics Championships in Antwerp, Belgium, uh, she competed 
and she was the first American to qualify to the all-around and all-four-event finals since Shannon Miller in 1991. So she won two world championship golds at the age of 16, including the all-around title. So also, she won with almost a whole point ahead of the silver medalist. So, okay, I'm assuming everyone is a gymnastics nerd like I am, but maybe no, not. I'm not. Okay. I, okay, so full disclosure, I was eight years old when Mary Lou Retton did her thing, and I was obsessed. I was also in gymnastics. Like, also full disclosure, I can't really do most of it. So, you know, I was that gymnastics kid that could, like, love it without really being very good at it. You know what I'm saying? It's more than me. I can't even uh, do a uh, turn. Uh, so, uh, a flip. So, uh, I mean, doing more than me. Listen, so. my kids are now really, like, <clears throat> into, like, handstands and stuff like that. And so, like, I've been doing handstands with them. It is a different journey to do a handstand as a grown-up. I'll say that. Especially because when you get hips. Because I think I could do it when I was, like, a kid kid. But then when I started to develop, I couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. Honestly, as I started to develop, I went into dance because I was like, uh, this is different. But listen, I'm old and I get up there. And my kids are like, you're not very good. And I was like, are you kidding me right now? (laughs) Kids are brutal. <laughs> Listen, how dare you? <laughs> I was like, when you're 46, I would like to see you do these handstands again. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so a whole point ahead. They take off tenths of points, right? So people win gold medals via a tenth of a point right? Which changes their world. So the fact that she was an entire full point ahead of the silver oh, medal. Oh, I see what you mean. huge. It's almost yeah. like 10, you know, like it's almost like saying she was 10 points ahead, right? Yeah. Okay. We, Cause it's usually like eight, eight point two, eight point nine. And it's like, right. Oh, okay. I see it's what like you mean. It's like 8.257 and a third, you know, like yeah. it's crazy. Um, so she's 16. She became the seventh American woman and the first African-American woman to win the world all-around title. Yes, girl. Get it. But Ooh, she's not I done. That. Nope, I know. she's not. She's nope. not even done. So in 2014, she had a, so- a shoulder injury and she had to withdraw from the March 2014 American Cup. It, however, the same year, she won four World Gold in 2014 and another four in 2015. What? So, like, this was her third consecutive all-around title, and she was the first woman to do that since Kim Zmeskal in 1992. So, at this point, she has a total of 14 world championship medals, which was the most earned by a U.S. gymnast, male or female. How many? 14. 14. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. Um, And also her 10 world championship gold medals were the most won by a female gymnast in the sports history. Um, She has 10 gold medals. I'm not even done. Okay. Girl. Okay. Girl. So she verbally committed to UCLA on August 4th, 2014. Um, And then she signed a letter of intent with UCLA. 
But then she deferred her enrollment until after the 2016 Summer Olympics in Rio. But then on July 29th, 2015, she announced she would turn professional and she forfeited her NCAA eligibility to compete for UCLA. Um, I will say this about Simone Biles. She is clearly very bright. She's very, she's a very smart girl. And I can see her trying to work her way through like what she wants, like out of this world because of college education, you know. And yeah. And by very bright, you mean like she's uh, realistic about like her, um, her options. You know, I think so many people, um, cause you know, you risk injury when you go to college. So, you know, it's like, get that cash girl, get that cash. Especially and if I'm you're sh- at this level. I mean, you know, and it seems to me that her family is very, very supportive. And so I'm yeah. sure that there was a there was an element of like, no, I mean, like, listen, as a parent, I would be like, get your college education, get your college education. Um, you know, I think I used to be like that. But then when you realize, I think you have to be realistic about, okay, what are your goals? Like, unless my child's an idiot. Like, if the child's an idiot, yeah, you need to go to college. <laughs> you need to socialize. <laughs> But if they have a pretty good head on their shoulders and they have this momentum in their professional careers, I would really think about like, what are your options? Yeah. Because listen, I um, love that you think you could possibly have an idiot for a child. I don't think you could. No, girl. Sometimes people just idiots, and you're like, where did this child come from? I mean, you know, you know, parents know. Oh, they they special. They special. It's it's okay. Uh. Listen, my and kids are brilliant. Not, they just need to focus, you know, but they're very small children. So really, they're going to be fine, I think. And I, and just so you know, uh, <laughs> listeners, I'm not saying special as like a derogatory term because no, people who no. we used to call special, you know, special oh, that, needs. Yeah. I'm not talking about those kids. I'm talking about the ones who would not mm. be a labeled special who are just special. You know, you know, the ones it's, it's like your pets. Like some, yes. some dogs, you know, I'm a huge dog lover. Some dogs, you just like, yeah, they would not survive in the wild. Uh, I, I had a conversation, a very honest conversation with a mom years ago before I had kids. And I was I remember talking to her and she was like, listen, she had a 10 year old and she's like, I know we all think that our child is going to be the one to get the scholarship for the whatever, because obviously our child is going to be above and beyond. But she's like, she's like, you know what? I'll be honest with you. Most kids are average and my kids average. <laughs> I was like, oh, I mean, o- OK. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, with the Simone, like I'm all about college and she's still so young. Yeah. So I would yes. do like sort of like that Megan the Stallion thing, like make sure you do get your your uh, degree at some point. Like there's no excuse for that. But, you know, if you need to go continue on this trajectory of your career, Let's do this, especially with right. you know, something that it's for the young. <laughs> like, it's like gymnastics. very much for yeah. the young. So I get it. Um, so she goes to Rio. I feel like there's a song that needs to interject. She goes to Rio. Mm, I shouldn't write songs. I heard my I heard baby it. go to Rio. De Janeiro. I'm sorry. Mm, okay, so we're not songwriters. That's fine. No, that's fine. We no, have lots that's of uh, other Peter that's a- Allen, the boy from Oz. Uh, Shut up. I don't know that song. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay. I don't know okay. if we can okay. afford that, so I will stop we singing. We can't it. afford it. Stop singing. Okay, I will. Okay, so she goes to Rio uh, in 2016. This is her first Olympics. She was already a superstar. She was the hottest of hot favorites for the title, and she did it. You guys, she won gold in all around. She won gold in team, in vault, and floor 
and she won bronze on the beam. She became the first female U.S. gymnast to win four gold medals at a single game. Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. Wow. Now, in September of 2017, Simone opened up about having ADHD. So her medical records were leaked online. Do you remember this? I don't. No. Who, who leaks people's medical re- Come on, Assholes. People. Assholes. Ugh. I know. Like, you really have to have no soul to think this is a good idea, you know? Um, be- and they said, oh, well, she's taking Ritalin. Um, and she, she had been diagnosed as a child, and she had disclosed her condition to the World Anti-Doping Agency, and she obtained a medical exemption. Oh, um, uh, here we go. Here we go. Listen. Ritalin isn't going to do shit for my gymnastics career. I'll tell you that right now. Okay. Here we go. I could go on Ritalin 18 times a day and I cannot flip any better. And this is, I will say, this is racism. Just call it out because this is something that if she were white, there wouldn't be, there'd just be the celebration. There wouldn't be this like, well, she is uh, naturally gifted because black people are physically naturally gifted or like... Does she have an edge? And it's like, yeah, she's little. Okay, that's the edge. Like she's she's four foot. Mary eight. Lou Retton. Like, like yeah. Like it's like so kind of yeah. But like that's why tall people, you know, can do basketball generally well when they're <laughs> gifted as shit. And she is gifted as shit. She is brave. She's creative, and she tries things. And she's talented yeah. as hell, y'all. But, but we yeah. know this dog whistle, no, like, let's see, what is, what is she doping? Yeah. Listen, it it's true. It is true. And we should talk about that, you know, because yeah. that's some, um, and, but I, and this is why, look, this is why she's notorious. I'll tell you that right now. There's more, but like, she made a statement. She said ADHD and I love her. Listen, I have a child with ADHD. So like, God bless her. She was like, quote, ADHD is nothing to be ashamed of and nothing that I'm afraid to let people know. Good. Get it. Yep. Like, yeah, she, yeah. So after Rio, she took a break. Fair, well-deserved. Fun little fact. She was in a relationship with a gymnast named Stacy Irvin Jr. from August, 2017 to March, 2020. Stacy is a man. I know everyone's like Stacy is a you man. Stacy is one of those names that's unisex, but yeah, you can go either way. Yeah. Um, and then in 2008, she suffered a broken toe, and she also suffered from a kidney stone. She, but she's pulling through because she's young uh. and she's strong. Like it's like if you watched her a month ago, you'd be like, she had a broken toe once, and you'd be like, no, no, she didn't. So. January 18th, 2018, she released a statement on Twitter confirming that former USA Gymnastics physician, Larry Nasser had sexually assaulted her. Ugh, she, this motherfucker. I'm he sorry. He needs to rot in hell. Ugh. She also alleged that USA Gymnastics had a role in allowing the abuse to occur and subsequently covering it up. Uh, she didn't attend court hearings uh, January 16th to 24th in 2018, citing that she, quote, wasn't emotionally ready to face Larry Nasser again. Um, 
Now, there's a whole documentary called Athlete A that if like this is fascinating to you and you want to know more about it, it's a really good documentary. Um, in May 2018, it was announced that uh, Simone and other survivors will be awarded the Arthur Ashe Courage Award. Now, listen, I love an award. I do. But I think they should get more than an award. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it's... It, uh, Nasser, he he got what three hundred years or something like that. Some yeah, like, it crazy... wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. Yeah, it wasn't enough. But like, I know what you're saying, and I think that uh, particularly for those victims, because he like he was a serial like it's it's just he disgusting. Was, yeah. I, like where they found how many um, young athletes he molested and abused, and so um, for those ones who have not whose trauma from that experience affected their ability to be to um, yeah. compete at their highest uh, level uh, yeah the, the money would be something that's I don't know where they would get the money I don't know how much money uh, uh, Nasser has but they should get it from this organization I feel like uh, oh, for yeah. those who who have been so traumatized that they were yep. not able to focus yeah. um, you know it's it's just horrifying. Um, you're right. Money money don't solve nothing, but it can really really help. Particularly if, for if you're depressed, uh, yes. if you have been so traumatized by this experience, you haven't been able to really live um, a normal life and uh, hold a job. Uh, yeah, money's nice. Money's always nice. Money so. is nice. Also, like if they could just chop it off, you know. I would feel better. Oh, that's coming. That that motherfucker's not yeah. gonna survive. He ain't gonna survive oh. in jail. Nope. Oh. Poor thing. No, I don't mean that. Um, so in 2018 at the U.S. National Championships, she designed and wore a teal leotard that she stated was it was meant to honor the survivors of his abuse, and it was a statement of unification. At that same national championship, she became the first female gymnast in nearly 25 years to win all five events, including a record-setting fifth all-around title. In wow. 2021, the U.S. Classic, uh, she... Okay, so there are, I think, five moves that are named after her. Shut up. And she became the first, is that the U.S. Classic in 2021, she became the first female gymnast to land uh, a Yurchenko double pike. It's the sport's most difficult vault. And what happened was USA Gymnastics said, no, it's too hard. I don't want you to do it. Because then other people will hurt themselves trying to do it. And she's just like, if you give us, she's like, well, then I'll win. That's fine. (laughs) <laughs> so this is what I mean like you don't have to worry yeah. about Simone like not going to college this you girl, know what I'm saying be fine. That, yeah. exactly she is she she understands where she is in the world she understands what she wants to do she's very focused she doesn't suffer stupid questions and she she fights for what she knows she, she deserves I love it yep love it love it Um. so let's talk about the Olympics in 2020 uh, we they were canceled. We didn't have them. But in 2021, <laughs> I think I'm funny. Um, did, <laughs> you, did are you hear funny. that? Like I made a joke and then I laughed. And then you I was alone in that, <laughs> which made me laugh because I love when people laugh at their own joke. I love. I it. know, right? Like that's yeah. the funny. The funny part is it wasn't funny, and you said it was funny anyways. That's what's funny. Um, 
We're so silly. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so she, so the Olympics, the 2020 Olympics took place in 2021. Um, and she ended up withdrawing from most events because of, quote, the twisties, which is now a term in the in American, at least, dictionary um, oh, really? that wasn't there before. But it was something that gymnasts talk about a lot. It's a, it's a common mental block at, where they lose their spatial orientation during their aerial moves. And it, it, it's a mental health situation. And she decided that she wasn't going to compete and she wasn't going to risk it. Um, yeah, good for her. This is what I'm saying. She's, you don't have to worry about her not going to college. Right. This is that, like, she's got yeah. common sense also, which is more important sometimes than and book what, learning. <laughs> right. And it was yeah. one of those things where, you know, people have gotten paralyzed. People have, that, yeah. that can happen. And she, one of the interviews when they, they said, well, why don't you want to try? And, you know, it's like, oh, you're not trying. Pull on your bootstraps. Blah, blah. She goes, I don't want to die. And it was, it's, that's not a direct yeah. quote, but it was something like, you know, like this is dangerous. People think of gymnasts as these cute little girls. They, they really do. These strong women are so talented and also are doing very high risk moves uh, that that are dangerous. Yeah, you know? I think I think people forget when they have a fan or like they forget these people are human beings. Like she knows, especially with athletes, you know your own body. Like you yes. know yes. you're and someone as highly competitive as her, she knows what she can and cannot do. And I think people don't really realize when someone explained to me, it's like, imagine if you're twirling in space and you don't know which way is up or down. Yeah, yeah which is exactly what you need. Your sense of direction is exactly what you need is essential to be a gymnast. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And so like her quote, she said, quote, this is a quote. I learned how courageous and how strong I was. It truly takes some strength to acknowledge that it's okay to not be okay and to take a step back to protect your mental and well-being. And that's what I did. Or that's what I did. I mean, she, she, she was, she's a hero for mental health awareness. Um, and also on September 15th, 2021, she testified to the Senate Judiciary Committee that she, quote, she blamed, quote, the entire system, end quote, for enabling yeah. and perpetuating Nasser's crimes, saying that USA Gymnastics and the United States Olympics and Para- Paralympic Committee, quote, failed to do their jobs, end quote. Yep. Three of her national teammates, Michaela Maroney, Maggie Nichols, and Allie Raisman, testified with her. Again, I send you to Athlete A. I think it's on Netflix. Um, the documentary, because that that goes into more detail, and it's and it's a it's a, it really like all the stuff that I'm saying about you don't come at me. Alleged, 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 but I think it's been proven. So yeah, that motherfucker was convicted. Yeah. Bye. Hasta la vista. No, I won't see you later. Just go. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, Simone got married April twenty second, twenty twenty three, to a football player named Jonathan Owens. They've been together since August of twenty twenty. Um, she has won more gold medals, 19 now, 19 gold medals 
at the world championships than any men's or women's gymnast in history. So now, overall, she has seven Olympic medals and 25 medals in the world championships. Quote, I'm going to end with a quote. You ready? She says, I'm not the next Usain Bolt or Michael Phelps. I'm the first Simone Biles. Boom. Yes, girl. Boom. Yes. Boom. I love that so much. I love, you know, that gif of the little girl like going, like she's so excited. Like, I love it. Love it. That's the gif that I would do. Like, That's, That's your face right now. I just, yeah, I just love like how someone so young can have such a sense of like self-love, self-care, self-protection, but also unabashedly like, like just, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm losing the words. Uh, Here's what what I'm thinking. Here's what I'm thinking. Ambitious. Ambitious. Strength of character. She's got such strength of character. Yeah, like she like also because when she had the twisties um, during the 2021 Olympics, she was out there still uh, cheering on her her uh, her um, her mates, her teammates. And like, I cannot think today. I think I think because my (laughs) grandparents are like grandparenting and like they're driving me crazy, but I love them. But anyway, I think you might be Australian. She's cheering (laughs) on her mates. (laughs) That's right. I, this is my bad Australian accent. It's wrong. It's kind Good of Welsh and Australian. All, I don't know. Stop, Miriam. I, I stopped. I okay. We, we will stop. Uh, but um, no, I, like, I just love it when young women and women in general or femmes are nakedly ambitious. <laughs> I love yes, it. Yes. Unapologetically ambitious. Yes. Um, and I also love that she, when it came down to it, she's like, I don't want to die. I'm not going to risk it for your, I'm not going to be your monkey dancing you know and like she didn't right exactly exactly because that's basically what they're saying dance for me like and it's like no it's dangerous it's like, i'm not doing one, that one interview because again we watched like seven hours of gymnastics and i loved every second of it um one interview of her they said you know they're trying they try to get underneath underneath you know um the you know the depths of where she's going and she said well i have some goals and uh, i hope to achieve them they said, could you tell us what those goals are? And she was like, no, <laughs> it was, See, it was but she's that. so, she's lovely. She's nice. She's not mean. You can't accuse her of being anything other than wonderful. But she's like, yeah, it's a very personal thing. And yeah, girl, it's, it is a personal thing. It's a very personal thing. And I think that that's like, th- those are the, the, the decisions that she's made are the ones that are lead to like what she's achieved because at yes. any moment, like, let's say she went out there and she's like, I have the twisties, but I'm going to go out there because that's what they expect of me. Right. Even right, though my, right. it, you know, I'm thinking this is not the right idea. She goes out there and she hurts herself. I, God forbid, like paralyzes, her, like whatever, right, like, right. like, it, you know, um, like injures herself, like li- a lifetime injury. Right. Because these people said, put this pressure on her, but I just love like her, her, um, that thing inside of her that's like, no, I'm going to protect myself. This yeah. is not right. I'm going to listen to my instinct. Yep. And, you know, and just, I love, love, love that. I love, love, love that so much. I think that we can all benefit no matter what age you are from some something like this. Just right. trust your instincts, especially when it comes to like your safety, you know, yes. and your mental health. Yes. Trust it. Trust it. So I just right. think this is great. Wow. 
I love her. I'm a genuine fangirl, to be real. Um, Lavetta, who do yes. you have for us today? I actually well, know the answer. Well, thank you. <laughs> and I think the audience does too, if they listen to last week's episode. But right. thank you so much for sharing Simone Biles' story. I really, really appreciate that. I didn't know most of that, actually. Oh, cool. Um, so I am, hopefully you guys tuned in last week. If you didn't tune in last week, uh, stop this pause and go back and listen to part one of my story about Griselda Blanco, mm. a.k.a. the godmother of cocaine. Yep, uh, yep. So <laughs> now, just like last week, part of my story, uh, part of my sources, uh, in addition to some new sources, was uh, the uh, were, are from a book by uh, entitled Drug Trafficking in Americas in the Americas by Bruce Bagley. Um, okay. the Our History channel on YouTube, All That's Interesting.com, The Godmother of Cocaine um, documentary, and The Queen of Cocaine documentary that is on Tubi. So, um, so last week we talked about Griselda Blanco. We covered her tumultuous childhood on the streets of Medellin, yes. uh, Bogota, Colombia. Uh, her entry into or her entree into the into crime as a pickpocket early on as a uh, a child basically living on the streets in Medellin um pickpocket turned child killer of children where <laughs> she, yeah. she kidnapped yeah. a kid a failed kidnapping of a kid mm-hmm. only a couple years mm-hmm. older than her close in age when the parents were like a child kidnapped my child I'm not paying the ransom she shot the child she killed the boy Um, to her, um, then she turned it into selling cocaine, uh, in, in New York city being very, very successful. So successful. She got busted then going back to Columbia for a short time, but realizing that, um, someone who's about six years younger than her, uh, um, Pablo Escobar, Mm -hmm. she couldn't really get a foothold in Bogota. So then she's like, well, where can I go? So she goes to Miami in the late seventies, early eighties, where she's oh, right. enormously yes. successful. Mm-hmm. She stacked up her cash along with an astounding stack of bodies. Yeah. Uh, where her bloodlust eventually led to her making a major mistake when she killed her third husband. Yep, that's right. Third husband. Listen, you know, they keep marrying her. Okay. And father of her youngest child, which she named Michael Colleone because she took the godmother, the godmother uh, moniker very, very seriously. Yes. Yeah. Uh, when he took his son back to Colombia, some could say kidnapped him. But, you know, he, he was the child's father and she um, had a hit taken out on him. Yep. And his brother, none too happy about that, was pissed. And that started to mark like her debt she she still at the height but that started okay. to sort of like kind of chip there, away a little bit at, at some of her success because that brother yeah of her uh slain third husband was very pissed off and he was able and Fair. again this was in Colombia, so you know she's already in competition with escobar and the other people escobar is pretty much the king of that area and one of the reasons that uh griselda was so successful is because she had a direct supply from Colombia, which produced the majority of the cocaine in the world and certainly right. uh, the majority of the cocaine coming into the United States. And be- after she killed her third husband, his brother and his friends 
And it could be a little sexism, I think, also playing underneath this. They basically, uh, one of the loyalists was a, uh, a major supplier from Colombia. So that's starting to mess with the business. So so that leads us up to part two this week where we, uh, like I said, we left off at the height of her power in the 1980s. Okay. Where she's overseeing a billion dollar organization in the 80s that's transporting 3,400 pounds, approximately 3,400 pounds of cocaine per month into the United States. Okay. Making approximately, this is what they uh, approximate that she's making at the height of her power, $80 million a month. Ooh, what? Okay. That's $290 million in today's money a month. Like, I don't even want that much money. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know you're like, I do, and I know exactly what I would do with it. I would like to at least have that money, make that amount of money in a month. (laughs) <laughs> Listen, I just need one month. <laughs> just one month. Just one month. Like, yeah. So she's living high on the hog, but again, her luck is about to change. As I mentioned before, okay. the murder of her third husband, Dario Sepulveda, yeah. led to her making enemies, um, which meant basically the so some of the so her one of her Colombian suppliers began to ice her out, which meant potential trouble with the money, the business. Right. Uh, so then in 1983, in 1984, uh, Jamie, the nephew of her slain second husband, Alberto Bravo, patrolled, uh, patrolled her favorite, uh, shopping mall waiting for a chance to kill her. Wow. Because she also killed that husband. Just, could, just I'm sorry. Could that be more eighties? I don't think so. Patrolling her favorite shopping mall. mall. That is the most 1980s thing I've ever heard. To commit a drive-by. To commit a drive-by because of cocaine. Okay, 1980s. I see you. But Griselda, like I said in the previous episode, she she just loved killing people. If she (laughs) owed you money, didn't want to kill, and and didn't want to pay you, she would kill you. If you owed her money, she would kill you. If if the if the wind blew the wrong way one day and she pissed off, she would kill you. Like, oh, this girl. Yeah, she. So, for instance, she didn't want to pay one of her suppliers one point eight million dollars that she owed a new supplier because remember her supply has been cut off. Right, right, right. So, which was a a man by the name of Saldariaga Ochoa. She killed, okay. <laughs> so she didn't want to pay Ochoa. But like $1.8 million to her is like $1 to me. You this know what is I'm what I'm saying. If you're making $80 million in a month and you owe your supplier where you make all your money $1.8 million. Just give him $1.8 million. Give him the quarter. Nope. It's a quarter. Now, Ochoa's <sighs> body was found dumped in a canal. Luckily... Uh, Choa's father didn't want to pursue her. And okay. this is so crazy. So instead, he pleaded for the, the killing to stop because there's so many bodies piling up because she would spark a lot of the violence, but then her competitors would also, because it's also yeah. the drug dealing business. Yeah. So he pled for the killing to stop, which is, was shocking at the time because he helped fo- uh, found the Medellin cartel with Pablo Escobar back in Colombia. Oh, really? You so even he, thought, he was just like, okay, let's just stop this. Like, you know, it's too far. It's I too liked far. a little bit of murder, but not so much. 
Yeah. You know. So again, but because she's just killing people, because like you said, they know how much money she's making. So right. she just killed this man who supplied her when other people cut her off. So yeah, Griselda's not, see, unlike Simone, Griselda's not smart. Mm-mm, no. I also think she's a bit well, of a sociopath. So I, I think, think she's a sociopath. I think she's very smart, but she's also two things, a sociopath and a user. So and her arrogant choices, too. Yeah. 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 And like whatever narcissism was in the 80s, that's super her. Yeah. Yeah. Now, according to the show, Our History, uh, the channel, one of the YouTube channels I was telling you about, Miami law enforcement were uh, very baffled at, at like the like, you know, crime is one thing, but they right. basically said that crime jumped like 300 <laughs> percent. Like, oh, damn. Oh. And they were like, and then there were a lot more drugs on the street, kind of like what happened in New York when uh, she was originally in New York. Like all of a sudden there's a lot more drugs available because right. prior to this, and I didn't say this last week, but I just want to make it clear prior to this, cocaine was seen as like a rich person's drug. Yes. Like it was considered, it was very, very expensive to get, but Griselda and along with her cohorts, but especially Griselda, when she entered Miami, she wanted to put cocaine in the hands of as many people as possible so she democratized she democratized cocaine cocaine yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's when it, it 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 got democratized in the 80s yeah. yeah so again authorities were like what the hell is going on like it turned into yeah. 1930s chicago where like they're having shootouts on the street that's how bad chicago was in the, and that was yeah. because of al capone okay right. uh so they were just sort of baffled uh by when the crime shot up when she, you know, in the late seventies, early, uh, 1980s. So in 1980s, um, in 1982, after a brutal murder of a rival, uh, where in the entire family, the Lorenzo family were brutally murdered, Miami homicide detective Nelson Andrew began to put things together when he realized when he walked through the house, he realized that people were running and then the people were tied up and they were just killed, and then they found drugs and then they were like, OK, this is a drug hit. But it was so brutal because she wouldn't just shoot you once or twice. They would shoot you like 10 times. Her people Oof. would shoot you like 10 times. It was like overkill. Dang. So that's another thing that started to pop up in the body. So he, along with DEA agent Bob Palumbo, who who would recognize the pattern in Miami from the pattern in New York. So Palumbo ah, okay. worked in New York and they realized, oh, that same pattern. So they suspected. Uh, so at first they weren't working together, but they just realized that something was up because right. the, just the increase in crime. And then later on, they started to come together and put the pieces together. So this murder of the Lorenzo family happened in 1982. It killed the entire family. Damn. Okay. Two Damn. years later, uh, yeah. like I said, after her third husband was killed. Yeah. Um, so 1984 the wall, the stuff is starting to chip away just because of her just erratic behavior. It's probably the bazooka she was smoking. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, And then also she brought so much heat to the crime syndicate in Miami that her competitors, they got together. You know, the enemy of my enemy is my enemy, right? The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Uh, They got together and they put a hit out on her. They were like, we got to get rid of this bitch because she's bringing way too much heat on her. So they got together. So the DEA is closing in. Uh, Sepulveda's brother and family are closing in and then her competitors are closing in. So she decided to move to 
California. Oh, girl, welcome to Sun City. Girl, okay. Welcome. <laughs> So she was she was like, let me just get out of town and, and, and lay low for a little bit, get the heat off of me. Um, and so she so she kind of left. And at this time now you have Palumbo, who's a, a DA agent. And then you have uh, Nelson Andrew, who is a local Miami homicide detective. He was fairly new when he found the Lorenzo family. He's the one that okay. came upon the scene. So they're trying to piece all this together and they're trying to find her. But they, she, she's been keeping a, a low profile in general because, A, you wouldn't think a woman would be behind this, right? Right. Not this. And yeah. I mean, the other, the competitors know that she's doing it, but obviously right. they're not going to talk to the fuzz, you know? So, so she goes to, so she comes to California to keep a low profile and she basically uh, puts her older sons, Osvaldo, Uber, and Dixon into like he they they start to run the day-to-day business back in Miami. how many kids does she have at this point she so she has four she has osvaldo uber dixon and michael listen she's doing all this shit pregnant four times i just want to point that out okay it's crazy right so they so she moves to california and she kind of uh goes off so they've kind of lost track of her so they're trying to figure out where she is exactly like actually get eyes on on her she's on a beach somewhere that's so the DEA, idea. they decide that they were go- they're going to target the sons to kind of get close to them. So okay, smart, smart. Yeah, they're gonna they set up a sting operation to target the sons, and so they find they flip this guy Jerry Gomez, a former Colombian businessman and friend of her former husband Trujillo, okay, uh, back in Colombia. So he had had business with uh, Trujillo and some of the sons. But he had sold them motorcycles, basically. Um, okay. But he had been popped off of uh, embezzling and drug related charges because it's the money's flowing. You know, if yeah. she's making 80 million dollars a year a, a month, imagine what other people are making. Right. So. <laughs> so they so they approach this guy, Jerry Gomez, and they get him to flip because they had tried to get oh. like her mules to flip and they were just so right. terrified. They're like, mm, no, no, no. Uh, but they were able to get him. And so he approaches uh, one of the sons uh, with an offer to he approaches the son and then it gets to her with an offer to launder their money. OK, so it takes about three months or no, about three weeks. And so finally he she agrees to meet with him in California. And so they put a wire on him and like they don't want to they, they need to get her some incriminating evidence. So she meets him at a hotel He's okay. just, he crumbles. He, he mumbles. <laughs> he's like sweating. She's smart. Um, like you said, she hasn't yeah. lived this long and been this successful without being smart in crime. So she's just like, I can't trust this fool with my money. She probably mm-hmm. didn't think he was wired, but she's like, no, he, he can't even have a conversation with me. So right. What's his problem? He fumbles it. But what they do. So DEA and law enforcement are like, damn it, like we couldn't get anything. So then they start to go through all the recordings, all of the information. And they actually did manage to pull something very vital out of some of the recordings that Jerry oh. was actually able to do. They they got the uh, the address of a supplier in California. So they raided it, uh, or distributor in California. So they raided the, the warehouse and the address and they were able to find a utility bill for an apartment in Irvine, California. Shut up. Irvine. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Wow. So they staked out the address on the, the and it was like, it was a, a nice building, but not like overly ostentatious. Uh, and they staked it out for a while and they were like, is it her? And then once they got sight of her, they went in. Uh, so they, they saw entered, her? She was there? Yeah, they were staking it out for a while. It took a couple of days and then okay. they got sight of her. Okay. And Irvine is they, a very, like, all the houses are painting like a similar shade of peach. Yeah. You know, I see why she went there. I'm just saying. So it's very, like, low-key. You wouldn't expect to find a right. major no. like, head of a drug Not cartel there. You so. find families who want good schooling for their children in that town. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. That's, yeah. that's what's It's very low-key. So they go in and they enter uh, and they find her sitting in a room by herself, no security, reading what? with a gun nearby on a nearby <gasps> table just out of reach. Oh, wow. So she starts demanding like, what is this? Da, da, da. So Palumbo, the guy's been, ch- he's been chasing her for over a decade at this point. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my he God. is so relieved to have caught her. He actually kisses her on the cheek. Amazing. And she's like, what was that what? for? And he's like, because I'm so happy to see you. <laughs> like, it's like band. a reunion of sorts. It's so It kind of <laughs> reminds me of that movie, Catch Me If You Can. Like you finally catch them after chasing them. Like, like and you finally get them. So in 1985, at the age of 42, Griselda Blanco is arrested and eventually serves 13 of 15 uh, year sentence in federal jail for narcotics trafficking in New York City. Right. You know, wow. The amount of crimes she actually committed versus what she was put in jail for is astounding. To yes. Me. Which leads me to because yeah. she still got they still popping her back in Miami. She still got a case back in Miami. Okay. There's bodies, there's drugs, yeah. all kinds of yeah. stuff. But it's like, what can you prove, right? Exactly, exactly. So the Miami-Dade District Attorney's Office uh, wanted to convict her of murder because they're mad about all these bodies just I like mean, right? stacking up. I don't think uh, they're wrong about that, yeah. Yeah, so she's in jail, but they're still trying to build a case back in uh, Miami. Now, at the time... When the news of her imprisonment was broadcasted on TV, a guy by the name of Charles Crosby, an Oakland crack dealer himself, reached out to Blanco. Oh. Apparently, he was so enthralled with her. I mean, if I was a criminal, if I was a drug dealer, I'd be amazed at Griselda Blanco. I'm amazed I mean, at her I would anyway, ha- and I'm not. I, I, like, I would have like a poster of her on my wall. You know, I'd be like, that hashtag goals. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if I were a criminal. Totally. So she was she was incarcerated at FCI Dublin Federal Women's Prison and they started they began corresponding and then he started uh, seeing her and they became lovers. Yeah, lovers. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were yeah. going to say that. Okay. I mean, she still got a lot of money. And so she's yeah. paying off prison staff. She's she's getting what she needs inside. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, eventually, she began to trust more and more of, of the secrets of her empire to Crosby. Okay. Um, and so she, you know, again, the godmother, a.k.a. La Madrina, um, has also has to contend with the consequences of her actions and she can no longer protect her children. Ah. So in 1992, Osvaldo was shot in a leg and shoulder at one of Pablo uh, by one of Pablo Escobar's men. Because remember, she got enemies oh. in Bogota. <laughs> right. Yep, that's right. You know, there's a rap song. It's like, I got hoes in every area code. Griselda got <laughs> enemies in every area code. Um, yeah, you can write yeah. a new song. Yeah. 
Um, and he later bled to death in the hospital. Osvaldo. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So that, you know, it became a real blow to her. Uh, obviously, as psychopath as she is, one of her own is killed. Yeah. Right. Um, now, and then in 1994, so again, remember that, that, uh, that case being built in Miami, her trusted hitman, Ayala, that I spoke about last uh, episode, who was like, yeah. I'll kill everybody, but I'm not killing kids because yes, yes. I draw the line because I'm a, I'm a killer. I'm not a monster because I don't kill, kill, <laughs> kill children, you know? Um, right. So she, he got popped. So they were able to get him and it's, it, she found out that he had turned state's evidence. Oh, shit. Yeah. So obviously he had enough to get her the electric yeah. chair. Uh, you know, he's got it. He's got everything. He's got everything. So I think yeah. they were like still coaxing him. But then this weird thing, Griselda is one lucky bitch too, because Ayala, who's a very handsome man, I will say, even though he's a killer, he got caught up in a phone sex scandal between oh, him and secretaries at the Miami-Dade district attorney's office. <laughs> So they like, because back then people didn't have, they didn't have the DMs. They had to be on the phone like, yeah, what you got on? (laughs) What you got on, poppy? (laughs) Tell me, mommy. Oh my God. So, people are so dumb. I swear. I swear. So he was soon discredited as a star witness. So this case kind of like basically crumbles because, and also, like the secretaries are having sex phone sex with the guy that's under the investigation. Anyway, I just, just want to say that this is the era of like late night was like, hey, call me. Right? Yeah. So like, like and they had the guy version. So those secretaries could have like, there are 1-800 numbers for you ladies. Like you did not have to use the star witness. I just, just find it funny you that know. they're working in law enforcement and of course they're attracted to the bad boy, like the yeah. real bad boy, like the killer, right? Like <laughs> that's hilarious. It, if you put this in a script, people would be like, that's, oh, that's no. unbelievable. No, it I would happened be like, in real life. Wow. Wow. Real life. So <laughs> she was able to plea out that case and um, because she had already had time served, she only had seven years added to her sentence. So she served a total of 20 years for stacking up estimated <laughs> over 200 bodies in Miami. Wow. And that's in yeah. Miami, right? Right. Making this kind of money, like just, she got 20 years, which again is a lot of time. I don't want to spend a day in jail, but like not for what she no. did. She got for 20 years. For what she did, she basically got four minutes. Yeah. Like, you know, on the scale of things. On the scale. Like, so, yeah. She served 20 years. She was released in 2004 and then was uh, deported back to uh, Colombia. Now, side note, while in jail, yeah, she, this woman has way too much fucking time on her hands. Her boyfriend, Car- Crosby, the guy, right? The, the crack right. dealer. She told, he, he reported later that she gave him, that she had a plan. She once during a, a visit, she slipped him a note on it. It, re- it was written JFK5MNY. And so he's like, what does that mean? And she said that she she wanted to organize the kidnapping of JFK Jr. Oh, my God. And hold him in exchange for her freedom. And the kidnappers would receive $5 million for their troubles. Oh, wow. I'm thinking of airports. Okay. 
But also, I'm thinking, like, I guess she she was like, oh, that kidnapping when I was a kid didn't work, so let me try it again. It's like, girl, you're not good at kidnapping. You stop, ain't good stop. at mm-hmm. this. So no. she found Tabati because $5 million is a lot of money uh, yeah. now, and especially in 19, uh, 1990s, early, uh, late 80s, mm-hmm. early 90s. So the kidnappers came close to pulling it off. They wow. managed to surround JFK Jr. as he was walking his dog. Jesus. But apparently uh, a squad car pa- uh, passed by and it scared them off. So I don't know if that's true or not, but she <laughs> she was like, let's just kidnap JFK Jr. What? 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 Girl. Girl, she's clearly getting her fix of her drugs. Man. You know what I'm saying? Like Crack she's paid is for that. whack. Like it's, we said last episode, yeah. crack is whack. So, uh, but it's 1994. She's out. She's back in Colombia. She kept a, a very low profile for a while. She lived in a gated community, well healed community, which is ironic. That's probably one of the communities that she stole the boy from. Yeah, uh, similar definitely. to when she was a kid. Yeah. Um, but despite her stroke of good luck, uh, she had made way too many enemies. Uh, yeah. at this point. So in night in 2012, 69 year old Griselda Blanco was gunned down one morning, shot twice in the head outside of a butcher shop in Medellin. She was assassinated in a motorcycle drive by the same murder method that she had pioneered years before. Wow. It's unclear who killed her, Okay. Uh, some people say it was one of Pablo Escobar's associates from decades earlier with a grudge. Some say it was one of the uh, angry family members of someone I mean, she had killed or the family members of her third husband. <laughs> she had so list, many. The list of possibilities <laughs> is so long. I mean, so long. Seriously, everyone, what? everyone is a star. What is the word? Everyone uh, is a suspect. Suspect. Yep. That's the word. Everyone yep. is a leading suspect. There's like 900 people that are leading suspects in this case because like she pissed so off many a bodies. lot of people. Oh, my God. Like now to the agents and law enforcement who worked her case, it was no surprise. Nelson Andrews said uh, in an interview that he's like, we had been waiting for that call for a while. <laughs> End quote. They say that the fact that she lasted as long as she did was impressive. I get that. Um, and then yeah. I have one last uh, quote from Bruce Bagley, uh, the okay. author of Drug Trafficking in, in the Americas. Quote, it's some kind of poetic justice that she met an end that she delivered to so many others. Yeah. She might I have agree. retired to Columbia and wasn't anything like the kind of player she was in her early days, but she had lingering enemies almost everywhere you look. What goes around comes around. End quote. And yep. that is Griselda Blanco the godmother of cocaine. Uh, Side note, there is a very famous picture of a very young Jay-Z visiting her, probably when she was in jail in California. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, I got to look at this picture. I'll find it. Like, because she, imagine like Pablo Escobar is just in jail and like you can, because arguably I know, and I feel like because this is where, even though she's a psychopath, like her being a woman, it's like she was, probably more impressive than Pablo Escobar to me, even though Pablo Escobar has was is is noted as the, the richest and most successful drug dealer of all time. Wow. Uh, but like she and she did it in the United States, like yeah. which is yeah. so crazy. And the fact that she was a woman, I don't think they saw her coming. 
I think they probably underestimated her for a long time because women, women are just better at crime. Like, yeah, they are. She's just better. I don't know why she didn't leave Colombia. Like she should have gone another, maybe, maybe other countries wouldn't accept the, her. Yeah. Some, some of the moves she made, I'm, I'm a little unsure of like what, why she, but I, I think she thought, I mean, this is total, I actually don't know, but like, I think she thought she was untouchable. I really do. I, I really so, feel like, like the, um, she, she combined with her narcissism and her drug use and her, yeah. you know, innate sense of, of power that she had created like in her own brain and yeah. physically created. She's the richest, you know, that I think she, with her money and her drug use, like she's just like, I'm unstoppable. I go where I want. I guess I do what so I want. because like I, she could have lived in any other part of uh, Central, Central and South America. Also, she could have lived in Paris because remember, I don't know yeah. if you remember, uh, listeners, but in the last episode, I talked about how she learned how to uh, forge documents. That was one of the reasons. Oh, that, right. Yeah. She was able to move to New York and then escape oh. New York when but the I think got she, on her. I think she didn't want to. Yeah. She could have lived in Paris. She could have lived yeah. in Switzerland. Like... Mm -hmm. Hawaii like you know what I mean I just it's just so interesting uh maybe stay out of the states because they probably it'd be a lot they're harder, looking but... for you girl they're looking for you but you know what she met her end the way I feel like yep. is appropriate I feel and like I, it was you know I also poetic feel like justice. she I also think that that's the only way she would like to end it also she strikes me as a yeah like, motherfucker I'm going out with a blaze of glory yeah that's her you story know? Like, well, that is Griselda Blanco, part two of our Notorious uh, Women podcast. That she is just so fascinating to me yeah, because really of is. the, I mean, we know that women can be just as brutal mm -hmm. and unrepentant and terrible. Yep. Uh, but I think that um, just coming from where she came from, like, I always wonder, I'm, there's always this thing about me, like when I think about people who go into crime and they're so good at it, like, if they just had the right encouragement and the right like uh, family life and the right people in their lives, they could become like, uh, I guess, sociopathic billionaires that we see. I was going to say the other I, end of the coin is like doing this yeah. on the up and up ish. Yeah. Do, do they all, all 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 these billionaires that run like that go into space and shit like do they do everything above board? Probably not. I don't know. That was alleged. But like, you know what I mean? Like. Or yeah. just enough above board where it's technically legal, but whatever, you know. But it's just you a know, loss. But, but like they probably do it legally, but not ethically. Does that uh, make sense? I love that. Love that. Yep. Bingo. You know? Ding, ding, ding. Yep. And that's, yep. that's where she, that's a world she could, she could live in. But that's yeah. not a world she saw. Exactly. But I also think that you know? a lot of uh, people like of, of her ilk are like, well, the guys on Wall Street are just doing it legally, but it's it's the same motherfucking thing. Like Right. But here's the thing, it's legal and no one's gonna shoot you in the face. You know? Yeah, and also they, they aren't stacking up bodies. There is and, and, and right. ordering children to be killed. So right. there is that. Just to be clear, that's bad. Just that's bad. Like yeah. I'm I'm like Ayala. Like maybe I gotta do this to survive because I didn't have any other resources I got in this and like but I'm not killing children. Like, you know, nope. because yeah. adults who get into this business kinda know what they're getting into, but somebody's child like that should nope. be off limits yeah like, i agree you know I mean, so always. But, 
always. But right. All right, guys. That wraps up <laughs> another episode of Notorious Women Podcast. Uh, guys, remember to follow us on all the things. Please uh, rate, subscribe, like us where you can. Subscribe to us at wherever you get your podcast. Share with your friends and your family. You know, just copy the link and send it to them. Don't tell them about it. Copy the just link send it. and send it. Send it to them. Uh, you can also support us through Patreon.com if you want to give us a little uh, cash. Uh, cash money is always appreciated as long yeah. as it don't come a crack. Okay. Yeah, like, this is like above board money. Let's be clear. You know? Yeah, let's be clear. Uh, <laughs> and you can do that at Patreon.com slash Notorious Women. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Notorious Women. And Miriam, where else can they find and support our show? You can follow us on Instagram. Um, we're on Instagram. It's Notorious Women Podcast. It's very, very easy to find. And it's a lot of fun. Come find us there. Um, you can also DM us uh, on the Instagram if you'd like. Or you can email us at NotoriousWMPod at gmail.com. Also, we have a TikTok. It's Notorious Women Podcast TikTok. Come come follow us if you'd Take like. Take a talk. Take it to talk. <coughs> Listen, I'm, I'm with old people. It's I'm still talk. learning the TikTok that the children are interested in these days. But I'm, I'm, you know, if you have any suggestions for this said TikTok or tickety talk, as Levetta says, yeah, go ahead and email us or DM us on the Instagram that I like more. I'll be honest with you. Um, but I'm learning. I'm learning. You can always She's learn and grow. You know. She's doing a fabulous job. She's being very modest. I'm very impressed. It's all Miriam. It's all Miriam. All of that stuff. It's all her. Listen, yes. I will take the credit. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we will take the credit for hopefully uh, entertaining you guys. I hope you like us. Please like us. You know, like us, we, like <laughs> us and give us a five star review. And yes. And come back next week where we will see you next week. All right, guys. Bye bye. Bye. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.